Adobe-colored Stetson, gray with dust and alkali powder. To his ornate California spurs, he was a Westerner. His face was broad, clean-looking, and wary. Rigby nodded to himself. Naturally, the stranger would have to be like the others. No one but a plainsman would deliberately ride the lodgepole. This man, like the others, did things without thinking ahead. They weren't necessarily mean or cruel, any of them, but just foolish, with the harebrained lack of tact that set them apart as a species. He shrugged to himself. Very often the difference between being deliberately bad and just plain foolish was slight. Maybe there wasn't a difference between the two of them at all, because the results were nearly always the same. The parson was surprised, though, when the rider tied up at his fence, loosened his front cinch as if he meant to stay a while, kicked open the sagging warped gate, and entered the scraggly yard before the house. Very deliberately, the man swung up the little plank walk toward where Rigby was sitting. The parson got up and waited. He was curious. None of the cowmen or the riders came to see him alone. They didn't exactly avoid him, but unless their wives were with them, they just didn't come visiting very often. And even with their wives along, they never acted at ease or comfortable. Parson Rigby? The man's voice was soft, well-modulated. Rigby sensed something in this man that was different, after all. He nodded with a smile and motioned toward a bench beside him. The stranger thumbed his sweat-stained hat to the back of his head, and some auburn hair showed, damp and clinging on his forehead, where the skin was whiter than the face below it. The man sank down to the bench, reached deliberately into his shirt pocket, fished out a tobacco sack, and held it hesitatingly for a moment as his deep-set, thoughtful gray eyes looked up. Mind? Not at all. Rigby knew the ways of these people. When the stranger was good and ready, he'd introduce himself and get down to business. It apparently was a custom they'd adopted from the Indians. Never hurry, never lose your dignity. He watched the man roll his cigarette, light it, and exhale a fragrant cloud of bluish smoke into the clear warm air. My name's Webb. Mark Webb. Webb apparently was going to say more, but Rigby interrupted him with an outstretched hand and a smile. I'm glad to know you, Mr. Webb. Webb looked a little startled and embarrassed, but he dutifully pumped the parson's white hand and dropped it. I was just passing through this country on my way to Nogales when I was stopped by a girl a few miles south of here and asked if I'd ride to Lodgepole and ask you to come right quick to the rafter L spread. Rigby knew what the message meant. Old Bob Lambert had been dying for several months, the result of a rifle ball in his back. Apparently he was very near the end now. Sally Lambert had met the stranger, asked him to come to the parson with the message, and quite likely had gone back to the rafterelle to wait. He brought his eyes back to the cowboy and nodded slowly. Bob's near the end of the trail. He said it matter-of-factly, sadly, and the cowboy nodded too. Yeah, 
I figured it was something like that. Do you know the Lamberts? Webb flushed a little. No, he said ruefully. But folks don't usually send for the sky pilot unless it's a birth or a death. The girl wasn't wearing no wedding ring, so I figured someone in her family was cashing in. Rigby nodded approvingly. Mark Webb fitted into the mold the parson had mentally built for him, observant, quiet, and very deadly. But he couldn't shake off the feeling that Webb was different some way, too. He mused aloud as the sun baked into his shoulders and the honeysuckles spread its ambrosia through the dry air. Bob Lambert's been a big man in this country. He's one of the old-timers, Indian fighter and all that. Pretty wealthy, too, I'm told. His wife died several years ago, and Sally...